Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Ryan Holiday, who is thought after speaker, strategist, and the author of many best-selling books, including Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave, The Obstacles is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, and The Daily Stoic. In today's episode, Ryan and I will be discussing so many interesting topics. What is the key to a productive life? how a person can write a best-selling book, what does it really mean to be stoic in 21st century, how can we stop ourselves from caring about what others think, ego is the enemy, but why, how can we attain happiness, and we also will be discussing Ryan's new book, Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi! <laughs> Hi, I'm so honored to have you on. How are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being my guest. And you've written so many bestseller books in such a short period of time at such a young age. What is your secret? Like, how did you do it? I, I don't think I have a, a secret. I mean, I guess this is sort of the thing people often suspect they're is a secret or some sort of magical strategy or or shortcut or whatever. I mean, to me, it's that I I wake up every day and I do this. You know, I, I wake up every day and I write. Um, and I'm always working towards uh, a goal, like a, a, I'm always working on a specific project. And I find that if you wake up every day and you chip away at it, eventually you get the pages that you need to publish a book. So for me, it's just that sort of daily process or grind of it um, that, that that's uh, produced the books. I see. So when I received your book and I posted all my stories, the book is, just came out, The Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave. Brave. Um, I received so much feedback and people told me, oh my God, such an incredible book. I love it. So would you please tell us more what inspired you to write it and how did you come up with such a great idea? <laughs> well, uh, almost all my ideas are stolen from somebody else and this is no exception. Um, I'm uh, doing a series on what they call the cardinal virtues. 
So courage, temperance, justice, and wisdom. These are in the ancient world, the sort of the four pivotal uh, essential virtues that one needs to build their life around. Um, so courage is the first book in that series. And I, um, you know, I, I, I obviously was writing before the pandemic, but I had this sense, I think you probably agree, that courage is, is such an essential part of uh, accomplishing what you want to accomplish, of sort of doing hard things in this world. Um, and so I wanted to start with that. I feel like everything hinges on courage and uh, that that's... I, I know I know that the things that I'm most proud of in my life came from courage. And so that that's where I wanted to start the series. I agree. As far as like as for me, I had the same. And some people even the thing is about courage, it's very important to have courage because some people are so shy and so hesitant to try something. If they would try it, they would definitely achieve it, but they don't have courage to even try it because they think they're not good enough to do it or they probably didn't deserve it. But courage, I guess, is everything. Yeah, I mean, look, if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't put yourself into what you were doing, um, you're not going to succeed, right? If you're afraid to even just get up and walk across the room and say hello to someone, you're never going to meet the person that you uh, should be with, right? If you're um, afraid of what other people will think, you'll never publish the book, right? If you're afraid of uh, being up in front of an audience, you'll never uh, get up on stage and, you know, sort of sing or dance or do whatever that thing is. And so fear, if, if as important as courage is, um, fear is the, the thing that holds us back. And so sort of fear and courage are in this conflict with each other. And I think you, I think you could argue that the things that we want, uh, the things that we admire in life are almost always on the other sphere. Yeah, I agree. And also in the book you mentioned, one of the chapters was you can beat the odds. Like yes. Can you please tell us more about it? Well, look, if, if, if we all listened to the probabilities or the odds all the time, no one would ever make the NFL, right? No one would ever uh, go viral on the internet. No one would ever become president. No one would ever do anything. And, you know, we often listen, people go, oh, that's very unlikely, or that's next to impossible, or whatever, whatever the sort of depressing, pessimistic odds are. And it is true, we have to be realistic to a certain degree, but um, you also have to have some faith or belief in your ability to defy and beat those odds. If you don't, um, well, then everything stays the same. There's a, there's a nice quote that um, progress depends on the unreasonable man, meaning that the people who accept probabilities and odds all the time um, simply leave things as they are. They're sort of passive. It's the people who, who say, I think I can beat those odds. I don't care if it's one in a hundred or one in a million or one in a trillion. Um, I'm going to try, you know, and uh you know, everything I've done in my life, uh, the odds were probably against, but you, uh, 
you you sort of you you push past that. And I, I guess I would just remind everyone that you, you have already defied immense odds, right? Like each of us to be alive, to have done what we've done, uh, you know, require required a certain defiance of the odds. And so I do think it's important that uh that that we don't just simply accept uh what everyone says. We have to be willing to uh push push those probabilities and, and try to do something uh, special and important. I couldn't agree more. If we don't try, we don't succeed. And if someone tells us no, but we actually feel like it's yes, based on our gut feeling, I guess we should proceed. We shouldn't believe those odds. <laughs> yes. Look, the, the, the odds are always a reflection of things as they are at that moment right? What they, what they lack is uh, an ability to account for what we are capable of doing in the future, right? So um, yes, most books fail, let's say, um, but I believe in my ability to make something that is better than what most books are. Right. I believe in my ability to anticipate where things are going. Um, and I don't just uh, believe that I have evidence of that based on what I have accomplished in uh, the past. Yeah, 100 percent. What is the key to productive life? Um, I mean, look, I think uh, routine uh, is obviously super, super important. I think if you're sort of waking up every day and you're winging it, if you're just like, well, what am I going to do today? Or, uh, you know, I guess I'll just, you know, sort of do whatever my phone tells me. Um, you know, I, I, I think you're going to have trouble being successful. To me, the idea of, uh, of, of sort of building a system, building a routine, building a process, a thing that I sort of um, follow daily that's how it works for me. So I think I, I'm a I'm a huge believer in routine, a huge believer in systems, uh, and I and I follow that on a daily basis. I agree. It keeps you organized and it keeps you um, kind of on schedule, so you know what's coming and you can plan around it. Otherwise, you just like all over the place. Yes. Yeah. I think you know people people think that there's you know that that a routine could be boring or whatever. I, I actually think it eliminates uh, what's boring and allows me to really focus on what I want to be focused on. I'm like excited every day because I'm not doing a bunch of things I don't want to do. I'm excited. I'm waking up and I get to work on the things that I want to do. Yeah, totally. It keeps you, you don't waste time on things that you don't need to do. And you just, like you said, concentrate on things that are important and you actually do them. Yes. Um, how can a person write best-selling book? What is your best advice? Look, I, I would say uh, I don't set out to write a best-selling book. I try to write the best book that I'm capable of. I try to write a book that I deeply care about, that I'm committed to, that means something to me. Um, but I think one of the mistakes people make when they write books is they don't have a good sense of like what a book is for, why it should exist, and what problems it solves for people. Um, so they're just sort of like, they're writing a book because someone told them they should write a book. They're writing a book because they like books, right? Or they're writing a book because, um, I don't know, they, they, they want to impress people or they want to get attention for it. Um, when I'm writing a book, I'm thinking about, 
you know, what need does this fulfill? Um, what specific audience is this for? You know, what is my, how am I going to get this book to that audience? I'm, there's a lot of really key questions like that, that you have to think about. It's not just like, oh, I was really inspired and I, you know, I banged this thing out. No, it's, it's, uh, it, it really is like a, a math problem that you're trying to solve. I like that you highlighted that when you write the book, you have to have kind of purpose in mind and you have to have a question and in mind, what problem does it solve for people? Then it's always successful. Yes. How can we become courageous? I think it's a, it's a habit you build. It's a thing that you do day to day, right? It's, it's about reminding yourself as we were talking about that all, all the sort of good things in life come on the other side of fear. But, but I also think one of the questions I like to ask myself is, you know, what would the world look like if everyone was as afraid as I am right now? If everyone acted out of fear, we would not be in a good place, right? And so when I, when I think about fear uh, or when I think about courage, I just try to remind myself that I am contributing something important by stepping up and being brave here. So true. It's nerve-wracking to break that fear, to go on the other side of that fear. But once you pass it, it's totally different feeling. Yeah, or I, you know, once you jump, right, once you push, um, you're so busy doing whatever it is that you need to do uh, that, uh, you know, you don't have time or room to be afraid anymore. Um, so I think, you know, often we build these things way, way up in our head, um, and that makes them scarier than they need to be. But when you jump, uh, you know, it suddenly stops being so scary anymore. So true. From your new book, The Courage is Calling, what was the main point you would like for a reader to get across or to get out of the book? I mean, to, to me, the, the, the main idea of the book is that courage is this thing that we all admire. We all know it's important. All the people that we are wanting to be like or that inspire us, they were, they're all courageous people. And all the accomplishments that we're proud of in our own life, you know, are rooted in courage. And yet courage is really rare, not just in the world, but in our own lives. And so to me, the idea is, of the book is that courage is this thing um, that is calling us, but we have to answer that call. We all have the capability of being cur courageous, um, but, but without uh, us stepping forward, without us deciding to answer that call, it's never going to happen. Yeah, so true. What does it really mean to be a stoic in 21st century? Yeah, so I think people think, uh, you know, stoic is someone who has no emotions or, or is like sort of a robot. I don't think that's what it is at all. I think to me, stoicism is this idea that we don't control what happens to us in life, but we control how we respond. And so we push ourselves to respond well to the situations that life throws at us, whether it's a scary situation, whether it's a tempting situation, whether it's a confusing or overwhelming situation, what Stoic, what a, the 21st century Stoic is to me is someone who's in control of themselves, who steps forward instead of stepping back in scary situations, somebody who tries always to do the right thing, someone who's actively engaged in improving themselves and learning and studying because they want to get better. I like that.
How can we stop ourselves from caring about what others think? I mean, so many times we don't even start our projects because we think what other people will think about us. And we are so afraid to start it. But how can we just not care what others think? Well, it's it's just not it's not in our control, right? Uh, it's not in our control. Um, we don't control what other people think. We might be able to influence it slightly, but at the end of the day, what we control is what we think. So this is something obviously as creators, you have to think about all the time. Am I going to focus my energy on trying to change opinions that I don't influence or I don't have control over? Or am I going to try to do something that I like, that I admire, that fits my standards? That's what, to me, we, we want to focus on. Marx really says, you know, we care about ourselves more than other people, but for some screwed up reason, and we care about their opinions more than our own. And that's just a crazy way to live. I agree. And I stopped caring what others think. And it's really freeing. You don't feel kind of caged in someone else's opinions. You just do what you want to do. And whatever they think about you, it's their own opinion. Yeah. And it, it frees up resources. It's like all this time you spent thinking about what other people think, you know, checking the comment section, whatever, that's time not spent on yourself, right? That's time not spent on the work. So it's, it's also kind of a resource allocation issue. Totally agree. Ego is the enemy, but why? I mean, it's certainly not your friend, right? Ego is this thing that deludes us, that makes us feel we're more important than we are, that uh, gets us into fights with other people, that makes us act stupidly. Um, to me, ego is this sort of toxic force. Um, as, the, as they say in the Bible, pride goeth before the fall. Ego is this thing that, uh, that destroys what we worked so hard to build. You know, I've never been in a room and I thought like, uh, I'd love for some bigger, I'd love for there to be bigger egos in here, right? Ego is what causes conflict. It's what causes disagreement what causes selfishness. I think confidence, of course, is important, but I, I just think that's very different than ego. Yeah, I agree. There is fine line between having a huge ego and being a confident, but sometimes people confuse them. Well, they, they can obviously look similar to outside to the outside world, but I think we all know, you know, confidence is something that's based on evidence, that's based on the work. Ego is, you know, this idea that you're God's gift to humanity, which of course you're not. How can we attain happiness? To me, happiness comes from being present, focusing on what you control, spending time on things that matter, spending time with people who matter to you, and uh, and remembering that is is very short and that to waste it on things you don't control, waste it, you know, being egotistical, waste it being afraid is to give up, uh, you know, it's to waste the, the gift of existence that you've been given. Couldn't be said any better. I totally agree with you because sometimes we steal our own happiness by overthinking or just by wasting our time on things we shouldn't waste on our time. Yeah, that that's right. And and I think remembering that you only have, have so much time is really important because then you go, oh yeah, what am I doing? Why am I holding on to this? Right. Why am I 
uh, letting this person get to me? Why am I wasting my life, you know, chasing this thing that's not up to me? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think uh, we steal our own happiness. That's a great way to, to say it. Yeah. And where can our listeners find you, where they could purchase your book? Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. So um, ryanholiday.net is my website. I do a free email about Stoic philosophy every single day, uh, which people can sign up for at dailystoic.com. And then you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok pretty much everywhere um, at Daily Stoic and at Ryan Holiday. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you. All right. Bye. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.